Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Colin Packer. Well, it has been a week, hasn't it? In fact, it's hard to imagine a week back. Uh, It seems like it's been longer than that when we were together. Um, Over the last seven weeks, we've been talking about our mission and vision and not knowing what that may mean for the week ahead. And isn't that always the case? We never know what the week ahead holds. Uh, But that's a clear reminder today in the midst of our lives uh, that it has been a week. Can you remember Sunday like this? (laughs) I was talking to people in the room this morning and uh, a few mentioned uh, some snow days where we may not have had worship um, as a, a body combined together. I can't remember a Sunday quite like this one. And so we're glad that you're with us online, worshiping with us. I saw a picture of my home. My daughter was twirling circles, dancing, singing (laughs) in front of the television. I know there's a lot of scenes like that, uh, getting to engage as families, as small groups of people. So thanks for tuning in. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I talked about how the church has often been thought of as a location. And we kind of got our word church from a German word, actually. Uh, I I got this wrong a couple of weeks ago, Kirche or something like that. And uh, and so where we get that word church from... uh, we tend to talk about church as a place, a building. Uh, and we say as a cliche a lot, hey, the church is the people, not the place, not the building. But it really feels like that this morning. Uh, we're spread out in more locations than we've ever been spread out in as a church. And we are the church, gathered this morning in worship, uh, but scattered out this week as we seek to be the people of God on mission with Him. I've got a confession this morning. Uh, I've never led a church through a pandemic before. Uh, and so bear with me this morning as I share the words that God's laid on my heart uh, late last night. And as I've been dwelling on this and praying through this this week, I pray it'll be a blessing as we're in the midst of unprecedented times as we seek to be the people of God together. That's who we're going to be. So I want to ask for your grace and your patience as we can tr- continue to figure out what this will look like in the days to come. Uh, we'll be in touch with you uh, in communication about when we'll be able to gather back together in a large group. But we do have opportunities for small group uh, worship for families to be together, uh, for phone calls and texts and emails. Make sure you continue to engage those. And while I'm on confession, I guess that's where I want to start this morning is, I want to ask you a question. Uh, and this is confession time for you. Maybe a conversation to have over lunch today, uh, wherever you find yourself. And that is, what was the first initial thought you had when you realized this was going to be a more serious thing that could uh, come to the States and you began to see those cases increasing? Uh, for COVID-19, for what I'll probably refer to as coronavirus, even though I know that's a more general term this morning. Uh, I'll confess, uh, my first thought was, how is this going to affect a 35-year-old, now 36-year-old man in the United States with the medical help that we do have? My first thought was to turn inward, to think about how this was going to affect me. And then my family around me, I began to think about my, my children, began to see that this isn't affecting to the same degree children as it is for many senior adults. And I wonder what it was like for you as you were watching the news, as you were paying attention to social media, as you were trying not to do all that and trying to still get information the best way you could. What was your first thought? Did you turn inward to think about yourself? 
And I think that's natural for us, the survival instinct to know how is this going to affect me and then those that are closest to me. As a church leader, I've been thinking about you all this week. We've been praying as leaders about how this will affect our congregation, our community, because we want to be the presence of Jesus in our community. But I had a conversation with a friend at small group just recently that reminded me uh, and gave me the realization that this isn't just about how this affects me or those closest to me. That this uh, virus, if I'm infected, and I'm not aware of how that affects other people in large gatherings, or if I'm not taking care of sanitizing myself to prevent that, this has the chance of me impacting people around me. I mean, we have a Christian care center that's just next door to us um, that many of you are, are probably watching this morning from Christian care, and we're glad that you're with us and we're praying for you in this season. Uh, how I interact shapes the way our aging community, our senior adults in our church and around us can be impacted. Uh, those who are most vulnerable, uh, those that deal with asthma, those that are more prone to uh, having uh, viruses like this make an effect. And so what love requires of us is not just thinking about how does this impact us, it, it requires us to think through how does this impact those all around us, the most vulnerable who are around us, the medical community uh, that may be facing uh, increasing challenges in the days ahead. And, uh, and as we think about responses and how we're a love first community, I, I thought about how does our church need to respond in the midst of this? I'm sure there are different ones of us that are watching right now that are engaged in worship in our, across our different locations this morning that have different responses when they saw the video or the news that we weren't going to be gathering as a community. Some are probably seeing it as an overreaction, uh, that maybe this is seen as a response to fear or uh, just information out there that's causing too much of a concern. And uh, I can understand those concerns. This is unprecedented times. We're trying the best we can to pay attention to those who are health professionals around us and uh, and to do the best thing. But really, this wasn't a decision that was made out of fear. It was made out of love for our neighbor. And we've talked about that. In fact, I want to talk right now about the different values we talked about over the last few weeks. Well, the first value we talked about was we want to be a love-first church. And what that means is not just loving God with all that we have. It means loving our neighbor as ourselves. And so that means it's important for us to see how do our actions impact those around us. And so we made a decision to close the campus, not out of fear, but out of love because we felt like this was the best with the information we had, the best way to love our neighbors and those who are most vulnerable in our community. So thanks for uh, keeping with that word and uh, worshiping from home today, so many of you. Uh, Combating isolation is something we've talked about as well. Uh, That's hard in a moment like this because it does feel like social distancing is the very thing that's supposed to help this virus to keep it from that... uh, That graphic spiking as it could to keep it on a low level and preventing it from passing on. And so in the midst of that social detachment or that social distancing that we have, there's a difference between social distancing and social isolation. Uh, We can be in a crowd of people and still feel isolated and lonely. And we can be by ourselves and be connected to God and those who are around us most closely. And so I want to challenge us as a community to figure out ways that in the midst of our social distancing that we don't feel socially isolated and alone. Uh, This can be a season where you choose to go to different corners of the house if you've got a family that's living with you and engage in technology. But this is also an opportunity to engage with family and to find these periods of calendar change, uh, to engage in spiritual disciplines, to engage in board games and fun, uh, family devotionals. Um, I'm grateful for Wes and Samantha who sent out materials on our Greenville Oaks Facebook pages for student ministry and children's ministry. You can find those if you search on Facebook at Greenville Oaks Children's Ministry and find that page or you can search for... Greenville Oaks Student Ministry, and they put out resources to equip our families, our third value, uh, that we want to be able to do. So engage those materials. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for Wes's video. It's about 20 minutes long that all of our church can engage there on the, 
student ministry page talking about prayer. That was the spiritual discipline that our teens were going to engage Sunday night, tonight. They're not going to be doing that at the building, but the material that he's put out on there is really helpful stuff to engage in prayer in different ways. I encourage all of us to take a look at that video and to engage in prayer. And so use this as an opportunity to reach out not just to your family, but to your small group. Uh, some small groups are going to choose to meet during this time. Some will choose not to. We're leaving that up to group leaders. Uh, but this is a time for us not to forget about the people that we're in relationship with. So many of you made those calls and showed concern, but I want to encourage you in these weeks, in these days, we don't know what it's going to look like before we're able to gather together. We'll be in touch on that, but uh, make sure you're reaching out to our church family. Make sure you're reaching out to neighbors who are around you that you know may have greater needs than others, and let's continue to pursue community in the midst of the social distancing uh, that is wise in this season. Demonstrating selflessness. I've heard stories already about people going to grocery stores. Last night we went to about five trying to find some toilet paper and milk. We couldn't find it. And, uh, and, and uh, I even heard from some that were there and saw people taking maybe too many plastic goods and paper goods and people who were calling them out for that. I mean, this is a time where we're thinking about ourselves and panic is setting in. And as people of faith, we want to be a people who are able to be non-anxious, who are able to be generous. As Todd prayed earlier, people who are making decisions... Uh, based on the spirit of Christ rather than what is uh, selfish. And so we have a great opportunity to be, demonstrate selflessness. In fact, if you're one of those who happen to rush out and get a lot of toilet paper, uh, we'd be happy to collect that at the building and distribute it to those who may be real needy uh, this week. And so if your, your conscience is working on you a little bit this week, feel free to donate that back to the church and we'll make sure that gets to whoever it is. Or maybe there's canned goods or other things. I want to ask us to think about being creative about how we demonstrate selflessness in this time. Uh, ahead. And then finally, celebrating transformation. We don't know what God's going to do through this, but God has always had a history in these moments through God's people of uh, doing some incredible things that caused the church to engage in revival and to be in renewed presence in a community that desperately needs sane, non-anxious, loving people who will look to the needs of other before our own. So this leads me to a word I want to focus on for a moment about opportunity. Uh, this is a season of challenge season of uncertainty, but it's also a season of opportunity. Every challenge has an opportunity. And I want you to be thinking about that in these days as well, as you're meeting in small groups or with your family, as you're having conversation over lunch and dinner tables, as you're playing board games. I want you to think about what is the opportunity in this? What's the opportunity for your family? Uh, this is a, a season where, again, we're going to be around each other a lot, uh, perhaps at home. What's the opportunity in that? Um, what have we been missing out on in the midst of our busy schedules and seeing what we thought was important that may be less important right now as we think about the risks that are around us? We've had an opportunity to engage in family units, to re-engage disciplines, to re-engage in habits and devotional time and prayer time and just loving on each other. Um, I was talking with a friend this week who's a, a member of this church who lost his father um, this week. And he was at Baylor Dallas and uh, was real close to an infection unit that they had all their suits on and everything. And they assured everyone there that there weren't any cases there at Baylor Dallas at the time. But he was just saying, you know, as I'm losing my father, I'm realizing I don't even know what's going on around in the world around me. I don't even know about this virus because this is what's most important is being with my dad as he's in his final days. And be able to say, I love you. That was the message he said to me. I want you to share with the church today is just make sure people say that they love each other. And they're re-engaging in the relationships that are most important. And it was a great reminder that in the midst of this being so obsessed sometimes with all the information we get, that there are 
important people around us and opportunities uh, to engage. The church also. What's the opportunity for us as a church? I'm just I'm dream, dreaming about the creativity that we can show in our community in these days ahead. Uh, it's going to look different how the staff is engaging. We're thinking about that as ministers and, and, and as elders and leaders in the church. How do we uh, create community and be on mission? And you as church members, we want to ask the same thing. In fact, I want to ask you uh, to have a conversation about the opportunity that the church has in these days. Um, and I want to tell a story before I come back to that. But I want you thinking, in fact, my, my e- email address is colin at c-o-l-l-i-n at greenvilleoaks.org. And this week, if you have ideas for how our church can reach out uh, into our community to do uh, acts of service, uh, I'd love for you to send those my way. And we'll consider those as we're thinking about our next steps and generosity as a church family. But I, I talked about uh, winning people. Uh, I talked about the opportunity we have. You know, in the early years of the church, in the second century and the third century, there were epidemics and plagues that were pretty devastating. In fact, there are two in particular that the history uh, tells us about where the church responded that I think is where my mind went in this time. I don't expect the devastation to be quite as large as what it was in those days without the awareness of what causes disease and how it's passed on. Uh, But we do know this is serious and it is an opportunity. So in the the, uh, second century in 165 A.D., Smallpox, or something like it, they think, uh, killed one quarter to one third of the population in the Roman Empire at that time. Think about that. One third uh, of the people. Less than a hundred years later, there was another uh, epidemic, a plague, where 5,000 people were dying every single day in the city of Rome. 5,000 people, imagine that, on scale with what we have population-wise today. These were huge epidemics. And uh, the early Christians in that time made a decision. They were following Jesus as Lord. And their commitment as the early church was to be on mission in the midst of these plagues and these epidemics. And what they decided to do in the midst of so many other people who were fleeing the cities at that time is they chose to stay. And they chose to be servants. They chose to put themselves at risk even. Uh, and some passed away caring for those who needed it most. The early Christians uh, actually saw revival in these days. The growth that happens, Rodney Stark's a a sociologist, not a Christian, who's just studying the rise of Christianity, why the church grew so much in those early centuries. And one of the main things he points to are these plagues and epidemics, where the Christians stayed in the midst of those plagues, they cared for people, they loved them, they served them at a risk to themselves. And all of a sudden, people saw that and it made a difference. Think about this for a moment, right? I mean, if there are uh, pagan religions, those that are worshiping Caesar at that time, and those with the means to do so were escaping the city and they were running away, the pagan priests may have been doing the very same things, but these Christians, not just the the ministers at that time, right? These are small house churches that are growing at this time. But they decide they're going to stay, they're going to serve those around them, they're going to actually put their lives on the line so that this could happen. When you come back home and all those kind of came back after those epidemics were done, which house of worship would you go to? The place where the pagan priests had fled in that season? The place where those who were pagans who worshipped Caesar uh, fled who had the means to do so? Or your neighbor who cared for you in the midst of maybe being on the brink of dying yourself, served you? Maybe some even died caring for you. You're there to, to live through it. Where are you going to go to worship the next Sunday when that's been the response of these people who you thought were this strange sect of people that were you know, believing Jesus is Lord? Bizarrest thing, right? And yet, that's the place where people chose to worship in the aftermath. 
And I think about that. How, how are people going to think about the church in 2020 as sickness sweeps our world, as it sweeps our country? Who knows what the days ahead will look like? How are people going to remember how Christians responded in this moment? We have an opportunity in front of us. An opportunity to truly show people the love of Jesus. uh, To show demonstrating selflessness. To combat isolation in creative ways. I heard a story this week about a woman who was at a grocery store. She was going in to try to get some supplies. And and, uh, all of a sudden as she's walking into the grocery store, she hears a a cry, a scream from inside a car. She looks over and she sees that they're motioning to her. And it's this older elderly couple that are there. And they've been sitting in their car. And... uh, the woman uh, rolls down her window just a little bit and she says, uh, we're, we're terrified, we're really anxious right now about this virus, but we have need for supplies and we've been waiting here for 45 minutes just praying and asking God to send someone close by that would be willing, uh, that we could trust to, to take this money inside with our list and go shop for us and, and then bring out what we need. And they've been sitting in that car all that time and she said, I'd be glad to do that. And she goes in and she comes out and it hit her and she just shared this story and I just thought, and that's an incredible way to serve, that those who are less at risk in this season, how, do we, how are we to be creative with our neighbors, with those who are all around us? What does it look like for a church to engage with generosity all around us, to put ourselves at risk, perhaps, um, in sensible ways, to make sure that we're caring for those who are most anxious in this season? Uh, I have all kinds of thoughts running through my mind. I hope you'll send those to me again at my email uh, address, colin at greenbelokes.org. So what will people remember? Will they remember that Christians took immediate decisive action to protect the vulnerable even at great risk personally or organizationally? Will they remember that being prepared and free from panic, the households of their Christian neighbors were able to visit the needy, provide for their needs, to bring hope? See, this is who we're supposed to be as the people of God, that in the most dark times, we are the light of the world, we are the salt of the earth. And this is a great opportunity for us to do just that. To shine uh, like stars in the night sky in this season of darkness. Church, our mission is not canceled. No matter how many Sundays may be ahead that we're not gathered, I, we don't know. But the mission is not canceled. We exist to inspire people to follow Jesus. This is a great opportunity to adjust that. And so we're going to be talking about this as leadership. We're going to be praying through this. We're praying for you. We're praying for our community. We want to respond in obvious ways that God gives us opportunity to respond. This is a great day for the cause of Christ to be able to be who we have always been called to be. Let's see it as that. Let's be non-anxious people. Let's be people who are selfless in the midst of the uncertainty of these days. I want to leave us on a note of hope, though, this morning. God does not need us to do magnificent or large things. I think what God wants us to do are small things in an incredible way, in a Christ-centered way. When people ask, what did the church do in 2020 when sickness swept our land? You know what I hope they'll say? I hope they'll say that those Christians, they, they prayed, not just for themselves. But they prayed for the entire world, for leaders that were making decisions, for the medical community that was all around. You know what I hope they say? I hope they say that we were the people who gathered up and we met in small groups and we cared for one another. That even when we weren't gathering in spaces like this, we were still the church on mission caring for this body and those around us who need it. You know what I hope they say? I hope they'll be reminded of people who stuck close by and at a cost to even themselves were willing to show the love of Jesus to everyone they encountered. That's what I hope they'll say. Uh, That's what I hope the reputation of Jesus will be in these days. And in the meantime, we'll also say we washed our hands. That's important too. These are not big things, but these are faithful things. 
So let me encourage you, inspire you to be a hope-filled people in this season. Let me encourage you not to be caught up in the fury and the concern. Um, It's important for us to be wise. It's important for us to take care of ourselves, to follow proper sanitary guidelines, to not expose others as best we can. And we as leaders will continue to keep an eye on that and advise you as we can about what that means for us as a community. But this may also be an opportunity that we've never had before in our lifetime. And I want us as the church to step up, to be a love-first community, to be a church that inspires people to follow Jesus, that mentors thousands in Collin County, to trade what's artificial for what's, what's the abundant life in Jesus. And I, it's never been more clear to me what is the abundant life in Jesus and what's artificial than when things get serious like this. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the faithfulness you're displaying. Thank you for you that you're engaging with us uh, in worship today. And thank you for the creative ways that you'll send me in my email inbox or talk to others in our church family who are leaders about the great mission opportunities we have ahead of us. I want to encourage you also, uh, don't give up on your generosity to the church in this season and to social organizations that are around us. Uh, I know uh, in the midst of economic (laughs) impact that we're seeing with the market each day and watching our 401ks, all those type things, these can be anxious times. But in these anxious times, we have an opportunity to show the love of Jesus through our generosity. And so uh, we at this church want to continue to do what we're doing, and we want to do even more. Uh, we have benevolence offering that will be coming up after Easter later on this year to care for those in our community. But even in this time, if, if you've got funds to be able to give to initiatives for us to engage this week, also to the general fund as we're trying to do all we can around here as ministers and as a church to do that, I want to encourage you to give online um, and to... Uh, do what you can to make sure that we're continuing to uh, be the, the body of Christ we can be. Do that in generous ways, quiet ways, small ways. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing as Jesus says. Just care for those who are all around you. Let's be generous with all that we have. I want to close this morning with a prayer, and then we're going to engage in a couple more songs of worship together before I close this out. Uh, but I want to read from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And uh, maybe this week, if you're looking for uh, something to read or recite while you're washing your hands for the right amount of time, Maybe uh, a section like this is one you want to memorize and uh, have your kids say also. Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's close with prayer. Uh, uh, during this, t- this message. Thanks for your attention. Father, this morning we, uh, we're in unprecedented times and we, a lot of us are having fear and anxiety about the days ahead. Uh, we're not quite sure what, what to do about work. We're not what, sure what to do as leaders sometimes of businesses, uh, about our families. We're concerned for those that, uh, of us that are senior adults that are concerned uh, about our susceptibility and vulnerability in this season. For those that are uh, have different setbacks uh, health-wise, this is a real risk. And so we pray right now, God, for all those who are anxious, that you would uh, provide them with peace beyond their understanding, which is what you promised for those who lay their requests before you. God, we pray for uh, medical leaders in our community, for administrators, for uh, staff, for doctors, for nurses, for all those that make up that community as they're preparing for what could be ahead, even those uh, all around the world today, God, that uh, are caring for people in Italy and Iran and um, in Washington State and China, um, all over the world, God. There are people that are caring and putting themselves at risk, and uh, God, the hospital system was a result of Christians first. 
who followed Jesus to care for lepers, who followed Jesus to care for those who were hurting, those early Christians who even gave up their lives, God, for those in the midst of plagues and epidemics. God, we see the spirit of Christ in our medical community, and I pray that you would give them boldness, that you would give them wisdom, that you would protect them from any uh, disease that would uh, assault on them and their families. Pray for those who are infected right now, God. Um, Some of us may not even know that we are infected at this point. Others that may be viewing online around the country, around the world, may uh, have infection themselves. And God, we lift them up. We pray that you would preserve their lives. We pray that you would uh, help them to heal, that you would miraculously move to uh, halt the growth of this virus, and that you would protect those who are at death's door right now. We pray for our seniors right now, God, for our Christian Care Center community next door, uh, for other senior living facilities, communities around us, for those in our own church, Young and Heart Group, God, and so many others, uh, our, our, our parents, our grandparents that many of us are concerned about. We pray uh, that you would give them ease and you would give them comfort. Help us be the people who provide food and the things that they don't feel like they can get out to do. And may we check on all those, God, around us in our community who need us most. God, I pray for a cure also. Pray that you be the scientists and the medical doctors that are trying to figure out what we can do to vaccinate and to, uh, uh, to heal those who experience this. Uh, and God, I pray for our leaders in our country and around the world, just as Todd did earlier. And I pray you would give them wisdom, that you would allow them not to react out of uh, any kind of selfishness or any kind of selfish uh, sense of what's best for uh, them as leaders, but that you would allow them to be what leaders are at their best, which is non-anxious and caring for those uh, that they have in their care. So, I got, God, I pray that you would move powerfully, that you would allow this to be a time of uniting rather than dividing, of sacrifice rather than selfishness, of love rather than hate and fear. God, we lift up your church worldwide. And God, my prayer is that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it already is in heaven. And me, may these be the days when we look back on and see that your church stood up and it acted like Christ, and it wasn't fearful. It was filled with faith, and it acted for the concern of those around it. us. God, I, I lift up all these prayers and all those that are being prayed through our church this week, and I just pray you would hear them, and that you would move, and that we would be able to testify uh, to, to your work in this world through us, through our hands and our feet. We pray this in the name of Jesus, and all who agree, <laughs> all throughout the internet, as our church family said. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.